stand i am the fill in like third fourth fifth string i'm somewhere down the bottom of the food chain uh not really good with the handy moshi thingy but i can sing so we're going to try that uh since we're at a limited staffing tonight uh we'll try one person with a verse and i got two other so we'll start off with one if i can find a bunch of people like preferably three people with verses and a song you have to have both then we'll run that way. Otherwise, I'll just take one, and I got two songs we can sing to. So, anybody have a, a verse and a song? If it gets really bad, I may just go with the song. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we'll go with it. We'll give it to you. He said that while he was walking, too, so he can quote memory verses and walk at the same time. All right, on the first. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
nothing but the blood of Jesus, not of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the Song and a verse, verse and a song, any other order, we'll take them both. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Wally, you got anything? One of the greatest verses in the Bible. You have a verse with that. Or, uh, sorry, gotcha. We need two verses out of you. You're a missionary's kid. Song to go with that, sir. I don't know the number, but in the garden. In the garden. That's in the front, I believe, somewhere. If anybody finds it before me, shout it out. In, she says 264. Uh, it's That's in the front. Sweet 
hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever used to uh, doing this in the jails. Most of the guys there have no ability to sing whatsoever, so I can skate by. <laughs> in the church, there are some people here that know how to sing. expect a little bit better. But... Yes, ma'am. Miss Sandy. Um, Matthew 7, verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. There we go. And uh, we have an anchor right next to 265. 265. All right. 265, and here I'm turning the page. You said right next door. <laughs> Will your anchor hold in the storms of life when the clouds unfold their wings of strife? When the strong tides lift cable strain will your anchor drift or firm remain we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love safely moored will the storm withstand for tis well secured by the Savior's hand though the tempest 
service. Um, if you all want to be seated, we'll go into the, uh, well, let's see, we don't have either Brother Tom or Brother Jerry, uh, and I'm already up here, so it's probably just going to be easier for me to go ahead with the reading. Um, if you need one of these, Brother Joe Dog is going to be passing these out. Please raise your hand, he'll get you one, and um, I will kind of slowly begin reading while he's handing those out. So uh, the prayer, or the uh, missionary bulletin that we have here is from Brother Cliff and Linda Taylor. I uh, just had the men's services about a month or so ago. Uh, it's good that he is recovering. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he came um, very close to the edge with uh, COVID. Um, he couldn't really move from where he was down, I believe it was in Florida. And uh, he had a very rough time for several months. And uh, But God, God got him through it, and uh, he was able to uh, get back on the road again. Had all kinds of crazy stuff happen. Uh, he's just one of those kind of guys that all kinds of crazy stuff happens to, and, and God's really got him a long way, uh, taking good care of him over the years. Uh, I remember back when I was in charity, a uh, little kid, I we were, we were over uh, at his house, uh, been there several times, and uh, got a chance to uh, kind of grow up for a few years with his kids, um, got to hang out with him when I was a, a much younger person, and um, he's very much the same guy he was way back when. Uh, he's got the same personality. Um, so here we go here. First Peter 1.7 says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. It seems lately that the trials and tribulations have definitely increased among God's people. Personally, it has been one after the other with our three-year-old trailer, which is our home, falling apart from the abuse of the road. The refrigerator is about to fall through the floor, and the framing is buckling at the corners of one of the side outs, just to mention a couple. Uh, I'm not sure if he mentions the, the part that the entire trailer almost fell apart down the road when he was on his way here. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're glad the whole trailer is still holding together. Praise God for our great Savior, His Word, and the Holy Spirit of God. Without it, there would be, or where would we be? It is a great consolation knowing that the Lord has His eye on every one of our trials. And his hand is evident in the fact that we are not consumed, yet the stuff continues to go the way of the flesh. And that's in the Bible. Moth and rust will always corrupt. No matter how nice and gold-plated you may have it, it will corrupt. We are still in the saddle. That was extra there. That was extra. He paid me extra. Uh, we are still in the saddle with a full schedule of events from teaching new students to preaching in places we have never had the opportunity. It was almost 50 years ago that I first heard the gospel as a teenage lad in a barn in Pennsylvania. After that, that sounds about right for him. After all, that makes that makes sense now. That has revealed a lot of things. After all those years, I will now have the opportunity and honor to preach a missions conference 
for the church that gave me the gospel. I am a first-generation Christian, and since they gave me the gospel, six generations of my family have been affected by its wonderful message. Lord willing, we will have four of those generations present for one night of the meeting. Then it is on to Alaska to preach two more missions conferences where there are, uh, there are two fine pastors whom God touched under our ministry to be where they are in serving God. Then back to teaching in the Institute. In spite of all that is going on in the world and our life in these crazy times, I am thrilled to say that God is still on the throne, still in business, and still going full speed ahead. The only thing we await is the soon sounding of a trumpet and a very loud voice saying, Come up hither. Our cries will then be all glory to the Lamb of God. He is King of kings and Lord of lords by his grace till the trumpet sounds. Brother Cliff and Mrs. Linda Taylor. Andrew, Andrew alluded to that. Y'all pray for him. The missionaries and evangelists out on the road, that's, that's rough. And uh, as he was out on the road, his trailer broke a shackle on his a leaf spring. And uh, he has tandem axles, and one of them was just about ready to start touching the other side. He got it here, and we got a welder out and fixed it and uh, got him down the road just a little bit. And then something else happened, and uh, then he sends me some pictures of his frame. I mean, the whole trailer is, and it's a fairly new trailer, too. It's just... Uh, just things happen, just like it does in every one of our lives. Everything happens all day long. The world is crazy. However, comma, we have a great Savior. And uh, if you get in your Bibles, what you do is you find some. Take your Bibles. I'm going to do something I've done before, but uh, there's there's a lot of uh, new people that's come in, and uh, there's just some basic things I think we should know. Go to First First Corinthians four. Great passage of scripture. Paul's talking. I was reading through my Bible today, come across this, and I thought of Brother Levi. Levi was talking to somebody, letting the Lord today. I'll let him give a testimony here in a minute, if you will. Yeah, do it right now, brother. Go for it. Okay, uh, so Stand up. They can hear you. Amen. Now, uh, 
it, that's, that's a precious thing. And as, as I was reading my Bible this afternoon, finishing it up, I come across that after I talked to Levi. And he, he called me, and he was all exuberant and excited. And I would be, too, uh, if the Lord just put a piece of fruit hanging in front of you, and you got to pick that thing. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 says, Let a man uh, so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. Uh, the Lord is I was sitting there thinking about that thing, and as I, I read across that verse, uh, just somebody needs this, so you're going to get it. You say, well, I've already got it. Well, you're going to get it again. Uh, you need to realize that you are a steward, and I'm a steward of something that is precious, that is given us. A lot of times we don't realize how precious it is. Uh, take your Bibles, go over to, um, wait a minute, I want to look at a verse. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, a steward. Let me. I'll, I'll just stick with the thing. I may do this a couple Wednesday nights, though. So, anyways, if I don't get through it all tonight, uh, in scripture and theology, a minister of Christ, whose duty this is what a steward is, whose duty is to dispense the provisions of the gospel. That's exactly what Levi did today. Uh, he got an opportunity. He walked up. He got into a conversation with somebody, and the Lord took that thing, and the Holy Spirit moved it into another realm. And the next thing you know, the man's talking about. They're talking about Jesus Christ, and they're talking about uh, salvation. And Levi gets to, to deliver one of the mysteries to somebody who doesn't have it. And what he does is he was exposed to the mystery. He got the mystery. He believes the mystery. And what we don't realize sometimes is God gives us something and we take advantage or we, don't, we take it for granted what he gave us. He gave you the greatest thing in this entire world. He gave you his son. More than that. He gave you salvation. On top of that, if that wasn't enough, he gave you salvation. Uh, so a steward is someone who, uh, to preach its doctrines and administers its ordinances faithfully. You need to do that. First uh, Peter 4.10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You've got to be a faithful. It says a minister of the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. Faithfulness is probably one of the most key things that you'll ever do in your life. Faithfulness is, is something that you're going to be tried and tried and tried to do. You know what coming to church is? is being faithful. That's all it is. Uh, sometimes you come to church and you say, I've heard that a thousand times. I sit in a church one night and a guy was preaching, a great preacher, an old preacher. They called me the old preacher. And he was preaching and another student sit right next to me that's already graduated. He said, I heard that message four or five times. Good. I, I tell you what, I wish I could hear it four or five more times out of that man's mouth. But you can't hear it no more because he's already gone home to be with the Lord. You know what you do? You pull up a tape in here. It's just not the same, man. It's sitting up under and watching the reaction in his face and everything else as he's preaching. Just like other preachers you hear. It's a, he was a faithful man. And, and I'm sitting there going, sometimes we sit in church and, and we look and hear stuff and we get tired of it. It's the same old story. Tell me the old, old story. It's no different today than it was when Peter got it the first time or James or John or anybody else got it the first time. Same exact story. Jesus died for our sins according to scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day. Same story. You know what the hard part about it is believing it. You know what a steward is? is somebody who believes in what they're doing. A worker is somebody who just takes a job. I don't want to be, I like, I like the way uh, Jake, I mentioned it last week, I like the way Jake put that thing when the, he was asked, uh, he goes, when did you join the military? He goes, and he gave a date. He goes, no, 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 that's when you enlisted. When did you join the military? I became a sailor when I was 12 years old. I must have watched too many movies. I don't know. I wasn't enlisted yet, but I was a sailor. That was my heart's desire is to be a United States sailor, not an Air Force, not Army, not Marines, a sailor, United States Navy. That's what I wanted. You know what I did? 
I waited and waited and waited. One day the Lord opened the door and I got to do just that. I enlisted in 1980. I was a sailor long before then. I got saved in 1980. The night I got saved, I was already enlisted. I enlisted and got saved and became part. I, I, I was a Christian the night I got saved. I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. The Lord says, you know what he's looking for? Is somebody tell. My mom and dad came in the house and I run them off. I didn't mean to. I just wanted to tell them what happened to me. I said, man, something happened. I don't do what I used to do. I went to the the VA today. Told them my foot was hurting. And uh, so they gave me this medicine, GABA, whatever it is. What is it? Gabapentin? Yeah, they gave me Gabapentin. I don't know what it is. I haven't taken any yet. But uh, Levi goes, I get back over and he goes, oh, you better watch that stuff, man. That's bad stuff. He goes, that'll be. And this painter comes up and says, he don't need no Gabapentin. He gabs enough. He talks all the time. He don't need anything to make you talk more. And I'm sitting there going, amen. Brother, you need to preach at him while you're up there too. <laughs> he needs all the help he can get. Uh, Baptist. A Baptist married a Catholic. I said, brother, I said, what happened to you, man? I was talking to him today about it, and that's when Levi started telling me about my drugs. But, but he says faithful. A faithful, Peter says that a, a faithful man is, is someone who receives the gift, and every man that has received the gift, the gift of God that he gave you is salvation. He gave you, for by grace are you saved through faith. That is the gift of God. He gave you something. It's a free gift. Most of us never avail to what that is. We never get to the place where we understand what that is and then start realizing, hey, that's, that's a centerpiece of my life. You come to a Thanksgiving dinner, man, you know what the centerpiece of a Thanksgiving? It's one of two things. It's either a big old fat turkey or big old ham. One of the two. Honey baked, preferably. But one of the two. And the table is set around that, those two things. Uh, when you sit there and start looking at, at life, you know, your Christian walk should be set around one thing, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, faithfulness, firm in adherence to the truth and to the duties of religion. Most of us never get to the point where we realize what that is. Be, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. He wants to give you something, but he's going to say, hey, you've got to be faithful. But you've got to understand what faithful is, and you have to have a cause. Is there not a cause? I like David. He said, is there not a cause? Of course there's a cause. Our cause is Jesus Christ. We could not have a greater cause than Jesus Christ. You know what God wants to do is give you something. We get tied up in this world. I mean, I'm listening to some preachers, man, and, all they're, and some new preachers. They don't even believe the Bible's the Word of God. They're saying the same thing all the way through, is our churches are at a place where they don't believe God anymore. He goes, there's where our problem lies. We don't believe God. We need God. We need to put the Lord back dead center. You know what that is? We're not faithful. People, the preachers aren't faithful. I sit there and listen to them guys. I said, well, one of the problems is that they don't have the right word of God. And they, but they don't get it. I was just sitting there thinking, you know, if you sit down and have a talk with them, there'd be an argument over that book. Right off the bat, there'd be an argument. I thank God he put me in the right one. Firmly adhering to, this is faithful, firmly adhering to duty of true fidelity, loyalty, uh, true to allegiance, and a faithful, uh, as a faithful subject, constant in the performance of duties, or services exact in attending to commands as a faithful servant. You know, if the Lord told you what to do, he shouldn't have to tell you that over and over again. A faithful person would do what God says do, irregardless. I built my life around just that. I started saying, hey, there's things that I've got to have in my life, and there's other things that I need, but I don't have to have. So I'm going to put the things I have to have in first, and they're going to stay there. Once I get them things down, then I can add some needs or wants that I have in there. But there's some things I have to do. You know what one of them is? Church. I, I think church is the most important thing in your life. 
You say, why? Because it's, it makes you do something or you make yourself do something that your flesh just... If you don't think that on a Wednesday night, you have to get in your car. I couldn't even imagine the old, old guys. 150, 200 years ago, they used to come in wagon trains. They only made Sunday. They didn't have Wednesday night services. They come Sunday morning in wagon trains, 10 miles riding in a wagon, snow, sleet, and hail. They were like the postman to go to church on Sunday morning. They had dinner on the grounds. They had services all day. Peter Cartwright, one of my favorite pre- Methodist, old Methodist preacher. I was raised in the area where Peter Cartwright rode his mule and his horse up through the mountains of Kentucky, all around to go out to preach at these little churches. That's what, that was a, he was a circuit-riding preacher. What would drive a man to get on a horse in the middle of winter and ride 30 miles on a horse to preach at a little, little church that had two or three people in it? And then leave there and go to another one. And leave there and go. And he has a circuit that he would just ride his circuit. And he was just going. You say, what would possess the man? He's a, ser- he's a faithful servant. The reason, you say, well, that doesn't sound too faithful to me. The reason the Methodist church allowed him to do that was to see if he was going to be faithful. Being faithful is much more than just saying, hey, I believe in God. It's much more than that. Much more. Much more. Faithful shows up in your Bible 82 times. Uh, in Numbers, a chosen servant. Do you know that you got chosen the night you got saved? Numbers 12, I like this, Numbers 12, 6, if you want to turn there real quick. I'm just going to hit a couple verses and bounce off to the next one. Numbers 12, he said, and he said, talking, the Lord's talking, and he said, hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in visions and will speak unto him in dreams. That don't make you faithful. Knowing the word of God does not make you faithful. You don't make you faithful. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all my house. You know what Moses did? He did what it needed to be done even when the odds were against him. He did what God wanted him to do no matter what was against him. Most other people like Aaron, all the rest of them. Aaron made a golden calf. You know what Aaron was? He was not a faithful servant. Aaron was a turncoat. You know what Moses was? He come down off that mountain and he broke a bunch of... Uh, Ten Commandments, two, two tables of Ten Commandments, and then he had to go back up the mountain with a couple blank commandments carrying him up. That's probably why he had Joshua with him. Made him carry him up. He gets up to the top of the mountain. God rewrites down on those commandments. He brings them back down. But he was ticked off at Aaron. You know why? Aaron was in the same position Moses was. What was the difference? Moses was faithful to God. The Lord didn't have to tell Moses what to do. He just did it. You know, a lot of times we sit there and we know exactly what we, we should do, and then we wonder why things happen in our lives, and we're not faithful to the Lord. We're not faithful to him. You know what he's looking for? Some faithful people. Why? Because he wants to give to us something that we're not supposed to just hold to ourselves, but to give to other people. Uh, he's a chosen servant. Psalms 101 says, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. God's watching. His eyes are continually watching out there, looking for somebody who's faithful to what he wants done. Proverbs 25, 13, he's a trusted servant. As cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that sent him. For he refreshes the soul of his masters. You know what that guy got today? He got some refreshment. He thought he was lost. He thought he was going to heaven. He wasn't sure if he was going to heaven. I think I'm going to, I would hate to think I'm going to do something and get there and find out that ain't going to happen. When the Bible says you may know you have eternal life. You know what my job is? Something as simple as the gospel Brethren, we don't need complicated stuff. I think it's great to go through the Bible. Get a Bible education. I think you ought to get one. I got one. I think you ought to have one too. I think you ought to continue in it. I think you should keep reading and reading and reading, but never forget the simple stuff. 
The simple thing is the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to Scripture was buried. That's what this world needs to hear. I, I called five or six people today and they, hey, did you hear about what happened in Virginia? I don't care what happened in Virginia. If you think that a Republican getting in the governorship in Virginia is going to change your life, it ain't going to happen. You know what he's going to make you do? He's going to make you take the shot too. Uh-huh. Don't be talking about the shot. No. I think personally we're in America, man. I'm just a rebel when it comes to that. Leave me alone. I can do what I want to do. I'll take, if you get the shot that protects you, fine. I shouldn't have anything to do with you. I shouldn't cause you any problems. Why do you try to make me do what you did? I, I just don't like that, man. There's just something wrong with that picture. The whole picture, not right. But as the cold, uh, as the cold of snow in time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him. God sends us. He wants, he wants somebody who is going to take that message and take it out and give it to the world. Now, I'm not saying you have to be there 24-7, but you know what you always be? You, all, you should always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. You know what Levi did today? He gave the answer. I'm going to use him because he called me and told me. Now he's part of my sermon. But, but somebody was sitting there, and the Lord put him in a place when he should have been working on the house to finish that. No, he's over here trying to get lunch. What's up with that? But he went right where he was supposed to be, and there was somebody right there, and he gets in a conversation, and somehow the Lord trips, twists that thing over, and they get on the, the salvation, and the man gets saved. Eternal. You know what that is? That's faithfulness. There's just things in life you have to learn about faithfulness. But he says, let a man... So account of us as the ministers of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of God. I'm going to talk about the mysteries of God tonight. Matthew 24, 1, it's a trusted servant. It's a doing servant. Who then is faithful and wise, a wise servant? This is Jesus talking. Whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant when the, whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find doing. You know what he's looking for? You're always growing. Brother, if we won't get faithful and serious about the small things in our lives, you'll never get to a place in life where you'll get serious about the big things. I've had people say, well, all you talk about is money. I don't talk about money. I could care less about money. I'll tell you what, our church is paid for. We don't need money. Now, Jerry would get mad at me when I just said that. But you're still supposed to tithe. You're still supposed to give. I don't need you. We got, we got money in the bank. We can survive a storm. And that's nothing to do with it. Most churches aren't that way. They're, they're bankrupt. We're not that way. But you know what? Giving is a, is a servant's duty. It's a servant's uh, choice. It's a choice I make. It's not, it's not you. This church is paid off because a bunch of people gave their money and we did, it, we did it kind of a unique way. But it worked. Now we're sitting here perfectly fine. But we're servants to God. I don't know about you. Everything I got is his. I, I really own nothing on this planet. Uh, I, he gives me stuff and runs it through my fingers and sometimes it's for me, and sometimes it's for somebody else. It just comes in and comes out. Uh, you got to get to the place where you're looking at the Lord saying, Lord, what, do you, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? What do you want me to do? Uh, what do you want? He says, blessed is that servant. You know what the Lord wants to do is find this to him. One of these days, I'm still telling you, I'm scared. If I'm scared of anything, I'm scared to go to heaven because I'm scared to walk through those pearly gates. And I'm not going to get a chance to walk through those pearly gates. He's going he's to fly me right through that thing. And I know that, but in the back of my mind, I've always had this picture in my mind where I'm standing out the gate just pacing back and forth. Like, Lord, did I do enough? Lord, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Did I do anything? Did I do something? I'm going to go in there in a minute and face you, face to face, just me and you, and you're going to run my life back and forth in, in me. And that's what's in my mind right now. That scares me. I don't know about you, but that scares me. To know that he gave everything, and he gave me an opportunity, and he made me aware of that opportunity. 
He made me understand. You know, there's people in this world who do not understand what the mysteries of God are. Well, I've already heard that. Ah, what are you doing with what you heard? What are we doing with what the things that we heard? You got you to do something with it. A chosen servant, a trusted servant, a doing servant, a talented servant. He gives us talent. 2 Timothy 2, 2 says this. And the things that thou hast heard of me, this is what we're supposed to do, among many witnesses. This is Paul talking to Timothy. A preacher, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. When you come to church, you know what you get? You get stuff that you can go out and give to somebody else. You don't get stuff that you can take and say, look what I know. It has nothing to do with what we know. It's what you know that you can give to somebody else. You know what you got to do? Number one, you got to believe it. I'm going to look at one thing real quick, and I'll, it's 740. I'll, I'll cut it out right here on the first one. The mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, and without controversy. There's no controversy to this. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. There's no question. In the beginning, God. There is no question, but watch this. And without controversy, controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up to glory. Now, I read that verse, and, and, and you, you can agree with it, disagree with it. I personally agree with it. What I, I, what I like about that verse is the King James says, God was manifest in the flesh. You hear me talking about Bibles all the time. A good steward's going to know what his master says. A good steward's going to understand exactly what the master said and do what the master said. I'm not going to do what somebody else said. I'm going to do what the master said. It says God was manifest in the Bible. You know what the NIV says? This is what it says. Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in the body. Who is he? Well, that's Jesus Christ. No, no. It says God was manifest in the flesh. You know what that says? Is Jesus Christ is God. God manifest in flesh. God is Jesus Christ. What they did in the new versions is they lowered Jesus down below God. They take a God out of your Bible. The ESV does it, ASV, NASB does it. The uh, NRSV says this, without any doubt, the mystery, if there was why, any, no doubt, why did you change the word here? Without any doubt, the mystery of our religion is great. And without controversy, no, without any issue, there is no controversy, there's no fight, there's no argument. You know what a good, faithful servant is? You get to the point where it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know who I've trusted in. There, I've trusted in God. I didn't trust in some man's religion, I trusted in God. I trusted God. I want to trust God. I don't want to trust somebody else. I want to trust God. So I'm going to trust God. I don't like it when somebody takes the word God out and puts he in his place. You say it's the same thing. It is not. My Lord never said that. My Lord said, great is the mystery of God. As God was manifest in the flesh. He was revealed in the flesh. Who is he? You know what it does? It makes a, well, we changed the new version so it makes it easier for you to understand. I don't understand what you just said. Now, if I read King James, God was manifest in flesh. That's a hard, hard enough to chew on anyways. God, outside the universe, God, the, the maker of the universe, God. Everywhere God was manifest in a body. That's kind of complicated to, to get hold of. But you know, if you get that thing, you go tell somebody about Jesus. If you died tonight, are you sure you'd go to heaven? Well, I don't know. I think I would. You know what they were? They have not been exposed to God. They really haven't really met the one who came in the flesh and died for them. They really never met Jesus Christ. And they really never put him up. 
You know what? If you put Jesus up there where he belongs, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you ought to be scared. You're going to stand before him one day and give an account of yourselves. Then he gives you that. And when you get yourself settled in that thing, it's a mystery. You know, so, you know, he says you, you give these mysteries to faithful men. So you say, well, do I believe, really, do I believe what Jesus Christ said? Yes, I do. Then he says, when I give you the opportunity, I want you to tell him. You know what a lot of our problems is? We go ahead and try to create opportunities. You can't create an opportunity with Jesus Christ. I don't have a problem with passing out tracts. I think it's a great thing in the world. But boy, there, there comes a time when you better be ready to give an account, and people are watching you to see if you really believe what you say. Then they're going to be watching you to see if you do what you say you're going to do. Just saying something doesn't mean a thing. Doing it does. Uh, brother, brother Cliff Taylor was talking about six generations. Uh, I, I found out my grandmother was saved. Uh, I got saved. My dad was saved. Uh, my, all my brothers and sisters got saved. Uh, my nephews and nieces all got saved. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, how does that happen? A little boy on a back porch in 1980 trusts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and just, just trusts him. And I throw everything else out the window, and I said, I'm just going to trust him. I didn't know none of this stuff. I had no idea what any of this was. You know what he showed me after, over the period of years? He started showing me what this stuff was. There's mysteries in your Bible. God was manifest in the flesh. The verse, this verse is saying that God was manifest in flesh, then Christ is God, and God is Christ. I like 1 John, or John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Jehovah's Witness changed that. So they can make Jesus and God two entities. The Father and Son, two entities. Then they can bring Satan inside there and put him on the same level as Jesus. In the beginning, God, oh no, it says, in the beginning was the Word. So we're talking about the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word and God are the same. Who's the Word? The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Who? The Word. Whoever the Word was, everything was made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. There's other verses in your Bible that the Spirit created all things. The, the Trinity is, works in unity to get stuff done. But I tell you, you know what that is? That's a mystery. The world can't understand that. They have the hardest time in the world to understand that God created, well, there's no way he can create a universe. It's too big. No, you're too small. You think you're bigger than what you are. I'm not that big. I have never been that big. Don't want to be that big. You know what God's looking for? Some faithful people who will do just what he said do. You know why he liked Moses? Because Moses would do what he said. You know why he liked David? Because David would do what he said. You said, what did David waited till he heard? God's going through... Uh, judges. And uh, man, I tell you what, you get to the end, the last two chapters of, of Judges, and, and they're going up against the, the Gibeonites, and, and the Benjamites have done some stuff wrong, and, and the, the man cut his wife up, his concubine up into 12 pieces, and sent her body all over the place on 12 mules, and, and then everybody gets mad and uproar, and, and they're going to go up, and, and they're going to go up to, to, to fight against the Benjamites, and they get there and say, Lord, should we go up? He says, Yep. They didn't ask the next question. We deliver them into our hands. No. Then I wouldn't have gone up. You know what David did? David would say, Lord, should I go up against these? Yes. Will you deliver them into my hands? Yes. David never stopped there. You know what most people do? They don't go all the way with the Lord and say, Lord, what do you have me do? And what is the outcome of what you're going to have me do? And he'll tell you. And you go do what he says to do. That's being faithful. David was faithful in his house. Moses was faithful in his house. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was faithful. Jeremiah was faithful. Ezekiel was faithful. Peter learned how to be faithful. John learned how to be faithful. You know what we're learning how to do is how to be faithful. If we're not faithful to what we're supposed to be doing, you guys coming out on a Wednesday night, that's faithful. 
You say, but I could be doing something. Yeah, we could all be doing something else. But I'm not going to do something else. I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. You say, why would you do that? Well, 42 years ago, I never thought nothing about that. 42 years later, here I am. I'm perfectly happy. We got a group of people down in Jacksonville. You know where they went? To church. They drove 12 hours to go to church on a Wednesday night. And a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday morning, or Thursday morning, Friday morning. And Saturday morning, I think. So you said, what is it? Why would you go that way? They've learned how to be faithful. I'm not saying if you didn't go, you're not faithful. I didn't say that. But I can just see right now. Well, he just said, we're not faithful because we didn't go. No, you came to here. I'm going to go down there tomorrow and chat them. You should have been in church on Wednesday night. We were. Wrong one. Every good preacher always says, be in the church, your church, on a Wednesday night. <laughs> That'd be kind of difficult for them. But he sits there in uh, verse 12 in John, uh, John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, uh, but of God. Then God is the word, and it's important. And these new versions, people say, well, why? I listen to preachers on the radio all the time, and they, some of those men say great things, but they're using different versions. They're missing something in there. You know what I know about them? They haven't got, something's happened to them that they never got to that next level, whether it's fame or notoriety or I get, I get to preach in a crowd of 3,000, whatever it is. They've never went to that next level and got the Word of God. The Word of God is one of the most important basic things in our lives. You, to, before he's ever going to reveal that to you, you need to be faithful. Faithful. You say, what is faithful? Lord, what should I do? And he's going to tell you. You say, you say well, you always say, come church. I'm, I'll tell you this all the time. If this isn't the church you think you should be in, go find the church you should be in and be there. You know what he's looking for is faithful men. Every man or woman in the Bible was called or brought out of a church. Every single one of them. You know what you need to tie yourself up to is a church. Faithful. God manifests in the flesh. That's the first mystery. The hardest thing you'll ever convince somebody is that Jesus Christ was God. I start with 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. God, uh, Christ died for our sins. Do you believe that? Oh, yeah, because you heard it. You heard it. Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. Do you believe the Bible's the word of God? Yes. Do you believe King James Bible? Well, you know, they're all the same. There's a problem there. But you don't have to stay there. You can move off to something else. Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. Was buried. Do you believe he was buried? Yes. Do you believe he rose again the third day? Yes. Yet, do you really believe he's, he come up out of the ground? Well, you know, I've had a lot of people, oh, well, to come back from the dead, well, then that's the gospel. If God's going to show you that mystery, first of all, you're going to have to receive it and believe it. And the more you believe what he's done, the better off you are to somebody else. You say, I want to be a witness. Do you believe him? How can we possibly be a witness to something that we don't believe ourselves? We gotta, the Bible says examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Examine yourself. Prove your own selves whether you be reprobate. I'm supposed to look at myself, wait a minute, do I really believe what I say I believe? Well, the world is just, I got all this stuff. And then, why is all that stuff stopping us from doing what we're supposed to do? I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of God. Why do I let this world continually take me out of the way? I'll tell you what, my dad was an alcoholic. He was that for 30 years. I never knew it. I never knew he was saved. But I watched him that one night with a bottle of whiskey, and he dumped a glass, and he sit there, and he fought with that thing. And he, he, he's been in AA probably for 20 years up to that point, and, and back into alcohol. And um, it just all over the place. And that night, I sit there and watch him, strangest thing in the world. I just sit there and watch him. And I can still see the kitchen table. I'm sitting at the kitchen table. I'm at the sink over back here, and I'm watching him. 
And he, pour, and he talks to that glass like it's got words, like it's talking back to him. And he's sitting there. I'm like, I've never seen I must not be an alcoholic because I've never done that. <laughs> and he sits there, and after about, I don't know, three or four hours, some, he, he picks that thing up, goes, dumps it out in the sink, and, and he was done with it. He's not a recovering alcoholic. He is done with it. You say, what is that? You know what he did? He got a hold of something, and the Lord changed his heart, and his life started turning around right then and there. And I watched him over the next several years just start turning. He let go of some stuff and started letting the thing go back, and then God got him to a place where he believed it. When my dad died, you know what he was? He was a born again. He knew he was born. He was saved before I got there, but he was a born again Bible-believing Christian. He came up to me and showed me a Bible that his dad gave him. Here I am, just got saved. I've been saved seven years. My dad was a drunk his whole life. I thought he was lost. That night, he, he comes up with a Bible. It's a King James 1611. He goes, this is my dad's Bible. It's the Word of God. I wanted to smack him. I'm like, how come you never told me that? How come you never told me? How come you let me go through all the stuff I went through? And, and then I started realizing in life, he tried to show me some things. You know what it was? He was never faithful in what he should have been doing. So how could he possibly tell me what to do if he's not faithful in what he's doing? You know how you can be faithful, be, be the best at what you're doing. So that when somebody comes up to you and asks you something, they're going to ask you something from what they think you know. Well, if I'm going to be a Christian, I think this world ought to think I'm a Christian. I ought to be faithful in what I'm doing. Mystery number two, the indwelling of the believer. I'm going to stop. I'm not even going to go into that. I'll, I just want to cover some base ground. It's 752. And brother, I'm telling you what, it's, what a blessing is, is there's some mysteries. God manifests in flesh. You really believe he's manifest in flesh? You get a hold of that thing and really put that thing in your mind that the man Jesus Christ was God, all God walking this planet. And that my Lord and Savior, all God, all God walked this. I sometimes wish I was back in that day. I don't know what I would have done if I was back in that day. I would have wanted to be like Zacchaeus and climb up a tree where I could just see him. That's a, I would want to be like blind Bartimaeus where I could hear him coming by and say, Lord, Lord, I need your help. I, I would have just wanted to be one of those people. I wouldn't want to be a Pharisee or a scribe. I wouldn't want nothing to do with them, guys. I want to be like the lady that had the issue of blood for 12 years. I want to be like that lady so that when he come by, he had something. that I would like to be the guy, I would like to be the guy that they lowered down. And if I can't be that guy, I'd like to be one of the four that took the roof off to put him down. They spent the time to get the ropes and everything else so they could take their friend to somebody who can help them. I'd like to, you know what we need today? We need some people who will take somebody else to somebody that will help them. Not to somebody that can tell you how you can solve your problem. You cannot solve your problem, by the way. Your problem is unsolvable. Except by one person. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The King of kings and Lord of lords. When you come to, can you imagine Jesus sitting there watching? He's probably, he's, he's got a crowd of people. He said the press, you couldn't get in for the press. The, the news media always, saw, I like Dr. Roman always said that. He said the press always stops you from getting to Jesus. But the news, he said, you couldn't get into him for the press. And he's sitting there talking and just talking and talking. And he's looking up and he's talking and he's talking. Probably backs up a little bit. He goes, some chunks are going to be falling down the ceiling here in a minute. Nobody knows. He does. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And he sets himself in a place where the chunks don't hit him in the head. And, and he's sitting there and all of a sudden they start carefully taking the roof apart. And he looks up and the sunbeams start shining through. And they're all shining down inside that building. And all these people, I bet you the sunbeams are shining right on Jesus Christ too. As they started taking that roof apart, and then all of a sudden he looks up and sees this bed coming down, and four people are holding the ropes. 
they were holding, dropping a bed. You know, the guy had to trust them. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know how, but if I was up there on a roof this high, and you were going to lower me down, and before y'all were going to do it, I'd want the floor that I could trust. Because if one guy lets the one side down the wrong way, I'm going to slide off that thing, and I'm going to hit the ground. It ain't going to feel funny. But you know what, that one guy on that thing, he wanted something that he didn't even care. Those four guys probably the whole, look, man, we, we know a guy. We'll get you to him. He said, I can't get to him. I can't walk. We'll get you there, but I can't. So they put him on a, a stretcher, and they start taking him. And they come up to the, they can't get him in. It'd be bad enough for one person to try to get through that crowd. But to get four people with a, a, a gurney with a guy on it ain't going to happen. I would have liked to have been the guy who got the idea. Have you ever thought about somebody thinking, how am I going to get, hey, let's go up on the roof. That sounds stupid. But let's go up and tear the roof apart, and we're, well, how are we going to do that? they got to come up with a plan. That sounds like Levi to me all the time. Levi's always trying to come up with a plan about something. You ought to see him today try to sell his... <laughs> He's got a way of selling stuff that is quite unique. There's painters up there, and he brings some painting material, equipment that they want. And I asked him, I said, how much? They said, like, $1,500, $1, $1,600, $2,000 for this thing. And the guy says, well, I'll give you 100 bucks." I believe I says, well, I'll run over it first and throw it away. <laughs> he goes, I don't have to sell it. I'll just run over it. I'll squish it. I'm like, that's a strange selling technique. <laughs> you know what it is? He knows what he's got. You have to start thinking sometimes how to get through it. People say, I can't make it. You can too. Those four guys figured out how to get that guy down there to where he needed to go. They got him to Jesus. You know what? The guy walked away. And the, the, the little cart, I wonder if they pulled it back up. I don't know. This is probably a better look at, hey, your plan worked, man. <laughs> he's down there. We didn't kill him. And look, he's up walking. Your plan worked. I'd like to be in any one of those five. I don't have to be the guy who comes up with a plan. I can just be around the other, other two. The guy who had a need, the guy who had the plan, and, and somebody says, go get some rope. I'll, I'll go get the rope. You know what we need to be? We need to be people like that, that we're always looking for a way. You don't have to be the center of the limelight. You can be just a normal, everyday person, but you're looking for a way to get somebody else to who? To Jesus Christ. You know how you do that? You believe he's God, and he's worth getting to. I thought he was worth getting to in 1980. And I tried every way. I couldn't find nobody to get me to him. And then he said, okay, I'll show you. You know what I know? It's just because preachers are preachers, they don't get you to Jesus Christ. My uncle's a Southern Baptist preacher. He never got me. My dad was saved. I know saved people don't always get you to Jesus Christ. My dad was saved, and seven years after I got saved, I found out he was saved. He didn't get me to Jesus Christ. I got him back to Jesus Christ. I got on a ship. A lot of people, they'll try, but they never get you to Jesus Christ. Your focus should be on the mission. I went to school to be electronic tech. You know what that means? I fix electronics. If you can't fix electronics, I don't care how much schooling you got, you're not a tech. If you say, I pump gas, and you never put gas in the car, you're not a gas pumper. You know what you got to do? Say, I'm going to do that. Well, he says we're servants. What's a servant supposed to be? Number one, you're supposed to be a minister of the mysteries of God. Father, thank you for tonight. Our Lord, is just, uh, just basically scratched the surface, really, on this. Lord, it's such an important thing to be a minister of what you have. We, a minister isn't somebody who gets up behind a pulpit and preaches, Lord. A minister is somebody who knows what you said and believes what you said and believes in you. Lord, I believe in you tonight. I know that you are the God of the universe. I know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came and was all man but all God. He was God manifest in flesh, and he died 
on Calvary, and he took somebody to Abraham's bosom with him, and he started just changing everything. Lord, it's been changing ever since. Lord, you've given us the privilege, Lord, of knowing some of the things in this book, that we could be ministers of the mysteries of God to the rest of this world. It's a mystery to them, Lord, like that man today getting saved. It was a mystery to him until he did it today. It still may be a mystery to him, but Lord, as time goes on, it's going to get better and better and better and better. Lord, I just pray now that as, as we cover a couple of these other mysteries, uh, Lord, that we see the value in what you've done for us and you've revealed those to us. Lord, help us to get it in our hearts so we can reveal them to the others. And Lord, uh, it's all about you and, and Lord, what you came to do. You came to seek and save that which was lost. Uh, help us to be faithful ministers of the mysteries of God. And Lord, uh, let us be the servants we're supposed to be. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Andrew. <clears throat> came in late and need one of these, uh, please raise your hand and we'll make sure we get you one. Um, otherwise, we'll go ahead and get started with the uh, health. If anybody knows anybody who has any type of health issue, uh, I believe this does encompass um, ongoing health, 